You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwokta. This is Murps. Hello. Um, it's getting a little warm. Things are heating up. So we're going to talk about feelings. Okay. Warm, mm. fuzzy feelings. Mm. Mostly just because... Are we not going to talk about the, no, the we're not. expansion? No, we're not. We're, oh, we're not going to talk about the expansion. That's coming. We don't know when. Well, we do know. It was like leaked or whatever. But yeah, it's, we, it's coming. No, no official word, but the 11th looks good. That's, that's the update there. But yeah, okay, fine. We're not going to talk about the expansion. Yeah, actually, talk about uh, w- don't we like no no was oh there was official word yeah it's the eleventh oh is there an official word yeah yeah okay. it's, it's now okay. official word on the eleventh now okay okay, okay great because it was very unofficial like a couple days ago sure um, okay great well now that makes the rest of our schedule good so if you guys are wondering the big 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 uh, Lightforge podcast card review valuation all that that's all happening uh, next Sunday. And we are going to start at the normal 7 o'clock time. We're not going to start early like we normally do because Murps is only going to be there for the first part. We haven't defined what the first part is yet, but, um, you know, then he has to go take care of the baby and stuff. Um, and so the individual card stuff, definitely the class cards, maybe also the neutral cards or maybe only half the neutral cards. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but it's going to be a, a solo review. Now, Murps will have reviewed and signed off on all the numbers beforehand. So this is not a this is not a, a a solo review in terms of the numbers, but I will be the only one explaining things. And if I'm wrong, Twitch chat is the only one there to correct me, and I may or may not look at Twitch chat. You're definitely so, not looking at Twitch chat. So uh, it's hard to stream a lot. I don't know how people do it. Our chat doesn't even move fast anymore. God, I remember back in the day when it was just flying, and then people are like, people would still respond anyway. All that is next weekend. So for now, we don't talk about any of that. No expansion talk. So what are we talking about, Murps? You said feelings and, and warm feelings. Yeah, it's these things that you don't get. Uh, but we're going to talk about feelings. Uh, th- this is going to be, uh, because we, we're not doing card reviews and card scores, that's all next week. Uh, I think it's good to look forward and talk about what we hope to see. Um, and really what we hope to see um, boils down to the general principles and fundamental foundational things that you want to see, not just like, oh, I want to see more removal or less removal, right? More mechs. Sure, you could be a, a mech gamer. You, you, you can want to see all of that stuff. Um, but let's really take it back to the beginning. And we can talk about like in 2014, what we really liked about the game at its core what is arena about what attracted that many people what got like hafu and and crip and all those people to really play it and enjoy it that much such such that they chose arena as their format Uh, and us too obviously Mm -hmm. little quaint little us um and i think if we can identify that we can sort of talk about what we can do taking it forward uh because arena is really different right now and if you go look at arena hs uh, the game is dying, the game is dead, worst meta ever, every meta is worst meta ever. Um, it's a very sky is falling <laughs> type of... No, no matter which direction they go, every meta is the worst meta ever to somebody. And that's just true. No skill meta. 
there's there's no skill left in any meta, uh, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we've been we've been getting a bunch of these on uh, on Arena uh, HS. Like one of the top discussions of the last week is: Do you also feel like games in the one three win uh, win range are the hardest to play? A little bit before that, uh, is it just me or is every opponent's deck just insane these days? Like, this is kind of over all feeling now, but it's good to, to peg it back to nine years ago, right? Like, nine years ago, more than nine years ago, in January 2014, was when we started playing Arena. Um, Merp started playing Arena first, like... I downloaded it a week after on his recommendation. I was still like vaguely playing MTGO at the time. Um, and, and we kind of never looked back from there. That was the, the open beta. Um, so uh, back then, you know, we started playing. We were playing Constructed. We were playing Arena. We didn't know what we were doing. We were just playing the game, right? But pretty quickly, we both gravitated towards Arena. And I'm trying to think back to... What grab like what grabbed you about the game at that time? If you were if you are someone who's been listening to us forever or been playing the games since forever, you knew that when you first saw Hearthstone and when you first played and felt Hearthstone, that that was so gripping, having pretty much nothing to do with the numbers, nothing to do with you know what the cards are, whether it's Chowin Yeti or like a Yasera. It was just that the cards were animated, they were moving around, things shook. There was sound. It all felt good. It all felt like what MTGO should have been 10 years ago. Well, yeah. And well, MTGO felt like a, a browser game, right? Yes. It, it was. I think it was a browser game. And, and it was. It was basically, yeah, it was a browser game. Uh, it looked terrible. The animations looked like clip art moving around, right? Yes. It was clip mm -hmm. art moving around. Um, and this was the card game franchise so you had blizzard come in everything looked smooth everything looked so freaking good so yeah i would say that's what initially drew us in but that is over with right i mean not over with but like you know hearthstone can come out with cool voice lines like nice effects you know nice boards that you can signature click on cards. signature cards but that's to be expected now uh nobody is surprised at those but Beyond that, right, what drew us in, I think it was the learning process, right? It was the learning process and not just sort of, okay, so first cut, whenever you learn any game, there is the, the sort of like, what is a Yeti, right? What mm -hmm. is like this or like just, just the cards, like somebody drops a card and there's a period of time in which you're like, fire elemental, what does this do? Wow, deals three damage when it comes out? That's broken. Um, there are, you know, that's the first aspect, but the second aspect and the much slower one is everyone collectively learning, right? Everyone collectively learning. And I remember this, um, th th this like shift altogether. And it happened at like a similar time in which, uh, everybody underrated aggro cards for a long time. Yes. Right. And it was pushed by, um, uh, you know, everybody says it was Trump. It wasn't just Trump. Like, everybody really valued value. Um, and then there was a shift. I remember Hafu telling me, like, she was yeah. getting... Uh, uh, she was doing a co-op with, like, uh, Koyuki, who is from MTG. And, of course, like, the MTG Pro has, like, a slightly different perspective, right? He's like, wait, I don't understand why you guys aren't drafting abusive sergeants more. It's like, it's a one-mana 2-1 two -one that gives plus two, plus two attack to something. He's like, this is way like too many stats yeah. that you should be getting for one man it's mana. normal statted back in the day when yeti was really good right yeah like this was a normal statted 
card that also dealt two damage effectively, as long as you had anything on the board that needed the two damage. So it was a very light condition, and everybody thought it was just kind of like an okay card. It was known as Abusive Sergeant 2-1, back then, was known as the only playable one-drop. Like, the only one you would ever consider putting in your deck. Yep. And and not a premium card by, by far. So... This was, uh, and then he's like, yeah, I don't understand why you Hearthstone players hate on Abusive Sergeant so much. He's like, why don't you just draft all the time? And then she realized, um, she was telling me, she's like, I realized my response wasn't like that good. Like it, it was just yeah. like, oh, because people just don't draft it. But he's like, okay, just break down the numbers. Like you will see that Abusive Sergeant, you get much more. And at the end of the day, it's sort of like, it's it's sort of like the analytics in sports. Um, you know, you, you, you can, like, you can be one of those purists and be like, well, it's about spirit of the game, but if some, it, it's like, okay, but if enough of analytics is, like, so overwhelming and you go with it, um, you're, you're just going to win, right? You're, you're just going to win. So, I love that aspect of it, right? And, like, GVG came out, and I remember Shady Bunny during that time. He, like, really pushed aggro and everything. Mm -hmm. um, this was back when I still didn't fully get it, and I this had to jump on the when train. we were, like, probably in the, like, of the really good players out there, we were probably in the top 10 percentile of players that played the most aggressively. And we hugely underrated Zombie Chow. No, we, no, 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 you know, no. Like, you did. I hugely you underrated did. Zombie Chow. You underrated Zombie Chow too. Not as hard as I did, but we like that was you know for a completely meta-defining, game-defining card. Like that was not you know met with that reaction necessarily before release. So um, yeah. Yeah, and like before that, like that's I remember the fall was when we started, like the early fall was when we started to change our mind about cards like Naturalize. And then by GVG, Naturalize was like a near premium card. So And if you guys don't know what Naturalize is, because it's been like gone from the game for so long, that was a druid card with no hard removal that said destroy one mana, destroy anything, and then give your opponent two cards. Like they draw two cards. Yep. So look. What I really liked about it was this collective learning. And they're still learning to do with each expansion that comes out, but let's differentiate it now. I think a lot of the learning has shifted. And I think the, the big, the key thing with learning, and when I say learning, I mean, if you want to be like a leaderboard player, right? And if you want these things, this is why when adjustments, micro adjusts came out and we recognized that these micro adjusts were a lot more than just micro adjusts. Um, we've always been outspoken, like very much against because some of the learning has shifted significantly to outside of the game. Uh, yeah. And some of it has to do with very specific interactions now. Now, like in previous metas, the learning had to do with you understanding tempo, you understanding value, getting a feel the of where you are. Yeah, the fundamentals. Now, do the fundamentals still matter? Of course they matter. Of course they still do. But it's shifted a lot to like, you kind of have to know HS replay stats in order to see where the adjustments are because they are not micro at all, number one. You have to understand specific combo interactions because you're going to see them. And if you don't understand how things work, um, things have gotten to such a crazy degree that like you really do have to know these. Or you should expect to see just some sort of bombs right like 
you can't just expect like oh from one card uh like uh, you know i should expect this you now have to expect sort of like very easy because of all the discovers all the, the uh everything like two card combos that can wipe you off the board all of that stuff and legendaries that are really not that rare anymore so all of these things have to be considered and your win-loss uh determination has shifted more towards these things um and that also leads to kind of well what can the game do about this right because the the natural response is merps we are not at the beginning of a game anymore right this is the same thing with like bgs right you can say like well you enjoyed bg so much when it came out because everyone was learning at the same time and i agree it's not fair to say you can create an expansion that captures this because everyone uh understands a lot of what makes tempo tempo what makes value value and a lot of the learning has to necessarily shift towards memorize the specific combo right sort of remember this big adjustment that they made uh mid expansion but that also means in my opinion because of the way that structurally they have done arena for like the past few years i would like to see a much bigger change such that we can shift back towards everyone have to tinker a little bit have to figure out these things instead of expansion comes out new cards come out and with every expansion what always ends up happening is there's some intra expansion mechanic that you have to learn mm -hmm. and memorize yep. like it's very and i get it you have to sell the expansion so the expansion has to stand out it has to have this intra expansion mechanic right um like riffs for this expansion that's one of them right like you know well, we, we can do all these riffs uh finale is just kind of something that fits in but riffs is like an actual kind of like oh like i can chain these riffs together um instead of just focusing on that and slapping it onto something i'm hoping that whether or not we see a true arena 2.0 maybe we do like a, a a cube draft right or like something that is more curated something that is different than just core plus certain expansions such that we can shift it back to this more of like everyone collectively has to learn more about the fundamentals than learning about specific combos and how they interact with each other yeah so to bring it back the one part of your of your like summary of, of what's happened that i really disagree with was that it kind of had to be this way like from the very beginning there were these combos that you're talking about now maybe not you know inter uh, like within an expansion or whatever but they just existed from the very uh, beginning the, the old school classic players remember equality consecrate that was a thing that was a common thing because equality was pretty good and consecration was an auto pick so you just got a decent amount of quality consecrates, and it was a six mana two card combo that even back then, without a lot of card draws, it wasn't that hard to pull off. And you just and, and it was a six mana bomb that blew everything on the board away, which is huge back then. Like back then, Twisting Nether was freaking amazing, um, and uh, equality consecrate was just not fair. And let's be honest, sometimes it's just a card, right? Like Flame Strike was just not fair. Flame Strike was never fair for that era with its power and but you would you would know what to do with it because there was a lot of negative space still around you wouldn't know how to play around a paladin because you knew what you were looking for and the things that you were looking for they got modified with each expansion in the early going they didn't fully flip on their heads and totally change 
at a certain point, I'm going to say five years ago, Blizzard changed the course of how they do expansions. Um, and they didn't do it with Arena in mind because nothing they do is with Arena in mind. So it's just kind of where we're the side effect, right? Where the collateral damage or, or the, you know, whatever the positive version of collateral damage is, um, depending on what happens. And so now every time something comes up and they started doing rotations too, which was also, uh, I never liked rotations from the very beginning. People love rotations. Um, they, they got to the point where everyone got really annoyed that we were playing with like 20 sets all at once. And I'm like, this is great. And people were like, no, we need very specific, you know, sets in each particular time. This is back before Hearthstone had that many expansions. Um, and people were just annoyed that you can see any cards from anywhere. Uh, so, so they limited it. But once you start doing that, what, what happens to each set is that every rotation that comes around with every new expansion or even without a new expansion these interactions between the cards you have to relearn and in in today's meta when these things are so huge and so game-changing it's equality consecrate everywhere like equality consecrate is everything you have to equality consecrate them five times or rough equivalent of that and they'll do it to you six times to win so if you don't know an equality consecrate if you don't know one of the literal 100 equality consecrate equivalents that exist in the game now across 10 classes, and of course you don't know it when you first step into the meta, right? So Mervis is talking about like, oh, you got to like learn the whatever. This is what the learning is now. There's a new learning period that begins every single time they like do a, a rotation, except that learning almost never has much to do with the fundamentals and is instead and developers like this like this is the direction they've been pushing it they're specifically picking sets to make this happen so that each rotation that comes out you have to relearn the game but not the actual fundamentals of the game because that never really changes that much and so there's nothing to relearn and so it's not exciting so they don't care much about it and instead you have to relearn all the equality consecrates back in the day that was 20 you had to know 20 equality consecrates and you got the entire game of all the crap that could happen that wasn't like too remote that you didn't even need to consider it right like obviously there's super crazy constructed uh combos um but you never had to consider it in an arena because that would happen in like 0.01 percent of your games and yeah you add all of them up it's going to happen in like one percent of your games two percent of your games uh up to five percent of your games maybe but you just write it off because you can't possibly know all that stuff well today you have to know a far greater chunk of that stuff. And that stuff changes every two months. So who's keeping up with that? The people on top of the leaderboard are keeping up with it, right? The top players are keeping up with it. And by top players, I really mean the top players. If you look at the leaderboard right now, there's like a pretty big fall off after a certain point. So the top players are like, the 20 people, per, maybe 50 people altogether across all the servers. You know what? They're repeating. They're the same people across all the servers. The 30 people, the 30 actual human individual arena players who keep up with the meta can do anything remotely close to uh, figuring the meta out in the first, not the first, we'll just say the entire two-month period. For everyone else, you don't figure the meta out even at the level of knowing the combos until the very end of the meta if at all and so whether you win or lose is less reliant on on uh fundamentals which is the direction that they picked 
and uh, am more reliant on these these fancy combos that people just don't all know. In fact, almost nobody knows them. Our chat has, I don't know, maybe like 90% of people who don't know much about these combos and uh, about 10% of people who are the same people on the leaderboards, by the way, uh, who, who do know all these very well. And they'll point it out and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I didn't think about that before because I hadn't seen it because I play like three arena runs a week these days. Um, so if you're looking at this in terms of a player who wants to be good but who is not playing like 100 runs a week, uh, it's, it's not the same feeling it was before. It's not the same feeling from before when Murps was talking about everybody discovering how the fundamentals work. And that is, that is a very, like, that is an exhilarating period in a game's life. Um, but what matters for me also, and why I'm, we, we were doing Arena instead of Constructed, because I, I started off playing as much Constructed as Arena. I made a, 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 a homespun warrior deck that was janky and, like, not even aggro. It was I called it a turn seven warrior because you win on turn seven or you lose, and you don't win before that. You just win on turn seven. Like that was seventy five percent of my wins on literally turn seven. Um, and you know, Trump took it to a tournament. Um, I got a lot of upvotes on Reddit. People had some success with it, but it was like a very specific meta deck, right? I was just trying to kill this like this uh, miracle rogue meta. Um, no, I remember that deck and the specific uh, like. Of course, you know, you were Warrior, you had Fiery War Axe, but I, I think the most important tech consideration, the MVP was of that deck, was um, uh, it was a pretty control-ish meta, and what mm -hmm. uh, what decks during that time tried to do was remove. Uh, Fairy Dragon was by far the MVP. Yes. Fairy Dragon and also Fairy Jungle Panther. Dragon, Panther. Yeah, yep. those were the MVPs of your deck because you did not allow them to interact um, so a lot of, like, Priest was a fairly popular deck during that time. Um, and what they did was they would keep uh, Smite and Shadow or Pain to deal with opposing small drops such that they can play, you know, other things. Um, and for you, it, it remember, Holy Nova was on turn 5, so that was way too late. And these were sort of just the removal options that had um and you essentially you know it doesn't matter it, once you got to turn five the damage was so uh it, you know you got the damage with the panther in because you, you could always go face or you could trade with it mm -hmm. but the fairy dragon was there and they had yeah. no well, way to all damage it. goes face mm -hmm. in that deck like yeah. it was just equip weapons and throw it to the face right? yep. like outside of the first three turns where i maybe care about the board a little it was like a it was like a dumb deck, right? But it just worked for the meta. That's that's the whole purpose of the deck. Uh, so I, I was doing that, um, and and you know after I got uh, to legend, I think I got to top one hundred, like like seventy seven or something was my highest. And I was like, all right, I don't want to keep playing this deck. It, it was not a fun deck to play, it, <laughs> given how limited my options were. So arena was a lot more attractive because there's all these little variations each time you play. Each time you play, even back in classic. You would face somebody, they would have a deck, it would not be the same deck. I don't know all the cards in your deck, right? That's the main attraction about Arena. I do not know all the cards in your deck. I do not know any of your combos. You don't know anything about my deck. One of the things I loved about this warrior deck that I homebrewed was that nobody knew anything about this deck. Like, until I posted it online. And even then, nobody knew because it was never, like, a popular deck. Um, and it had, like... Uh, I think I think I had like a 80% win rate, 76%. It was more than 75% win rate, I remember. It was some ridiculous thing. 
um, on, on my way to, to Legend. Because uh, it was an anti-meta deck. <laughs> and and the, the meta was the meta. So, um, that one of the even playing that deck, one of the biggest advantages was that my opponents would misplay all the time. Even people that I assume were good players. Because they just didn't know what my deck was supposed to do or what I put in my deck, right? So they would make like one mistake that would cost them four life and then that would be over. Um, but that if they knew what my deck was or faced me again, they would just win that game. So again, it's a janky deck. It's not like it's not like the most brilliant deck ever created. But that's something I really enjoy. That your opponents don't know what you have. And now what Hearthstone has done in Arena is to keep that same. My opponents don't know what I have in my deck, but they're not getting there through the draft anymore. All the drafts are very similar outside of maybe legendary bombs. I'm pretty sure I know what my opponents have. Right? Like, especially if you study HS Replay, you know what your opponents have. Your opponents know what you have. Not just what is possible for you to have, but a pretty good idea of what the actual cards are in your deck. That's terrible. I remember when we were, like, doing, like, tournaments and, like, promo stuff and whatever, we were, like... Uh, I mean, speaking of Hafu, we, uh, we, we got invited to, to, like, a Red Bull event where it was, uh, um, it was like, a team vaguely drafty sealed kind of event and one of the things that they did they didn't do anything about the rules up front like it wasn't like fully ironclad i guess and so one of the things they try to figure out is hey do we let people look at each other's decks or not beforehand right like is this open submission decks or it was it not and as arena players me and merms were like no you can't look at our decks that's our whole like if we're building a sealed deck that's our whole like strategy going there and all the constructive players were like yeah of course you look at their decks why because people just cheat anyway and we're like whoa you can't just rely on people to not cheat this is by the way for like i don't know i think the winner got like did the winner even get a thousand it was like a thousand dollars it was for like bragging rights uh yeah this is not really for like any serious amounts of like money compared to the fact that you had to take a trip to la to do this and all that i I remember this and it was first of all when it came up i was like wait this wasn't like considered beforehand um but no this was a very contentious thing and i i remember this is like uh i got look overall i got nothing to say uh nothing negative to say about like that's admirable uh who as you guys know is a caster but i was shocked and appalled that this was his stance like he was very much against like of course you release the uh Mm -hmm. the um the deck list yeah, and, and then it makes sense he, he's like a constructed guy right through and through he doesn't know about arena he, he's like of course you release the deck list and then our team the arena player we we're like of course you do not release it because <laughs> his, his reason his reason was just a hundred percent super clearly people would cheat people on will and i remember all of us we were so incredulous we're like it's because you believe people will cheat anyways? Like, whoa, 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 wait, what? What is this? Um, and he, like, no, it, it was just a case of, and I've never seen such a disconnect where yeah, we thought he was insane. Time. He yeah. thought we were insane. And yeah. and, and he, he's just like, obviously people are going to cheat anyways. Why are you guys so dumb as to want to hide? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it got a little bit contentious. And I, I will say, look, I have nothing bad to say about him otherwise and he does a good job casting but during that time i was like this is such the dumbest decision that somebody i think is smart is making like that that, well but he's making it practically but more importantly i don't think he like 
like you just didn't appreciate what not have not seeing the deck adds to like the dimension. I, I yeah for both the right? viewer and uh, and for the the, the the person playing uh, to that degree. Or maybe it was just like so like foregone conclusion that people would cheat anyway, and that we would be the only ones who wouldn't know other people's decks. That he's just like trying to save our asses, right? Um, but regardless, the, that's what one of the things that was really good about Arena for me was that nobody ever knew my deck. Uh, they have like vague ideas of what I'm possible, what could possibly be in my deck, but they didn't know my deck, and that got more and more to be true as more and more cards were added to the arena, and so arena kind of got better and better. Even as arena got more tilted one way or the other, even as some of the problems of what happens when you start adding more, you know, cards that go really far in one direction or the other direction, or power creep, all that stuff. But all the way through like year three, that was all going in a positive direction because more and more people don't know what's in your deck. More and more, it's just about possibilities and your execution of it and what cards you were given by uh, the powers that be, uh, by, by the RNGs that, uh, that exist inside Blizzard's algorithm. That all mattered. Uh, and then they took all that away. They took all that away and they backstopped it to kind of give you that fake feeling with Discover. Yeah. Because I don't know what's in my opponent's deck either. It's Discover. It could be anything, right? It's that kind of same feeling that you're getting. Except, unlike it being part of my deck, now my deck doesn't really have as much of an identity with that stuff. Because Discover is Discover whatever happens in the game, right? So, did you solve this problem in Constructed, where everyone knows everyone's decks, and now you brought that feeling in that you don't really know what's in their hand anymore because they discovered something. Yes, you fully solved this problem. Great Constructed move. What, what, what's happening in Arena? You've destroyed by by taking by by limiting the card pool and making doubles of like a lot of the like good cards. Like in a lot of metas before they nerf the offering rates, you can just expect one to two of whatever the best card is in that good class's deck always. Every single meta, right? Like without fail. Um you you've destroyed that in arena and discover is like a poor substitute. It's like a poor man's version of what arena already had. So you took away the real thing and you gave us something crappier and you fed it to us like, hey, this is actually better. But what you really mean is that this is actually better for constructed because the mindset of going and thinking is from that constructed lens. This is, um, and, and look, uh, I, I understand that um, it will never be the same as it was in 2014, 2015, etc. But if you guys remember playing Arena back then and you got 12 with a deck, not only did it feel cool because, you know, you, you, you at that point you hadn't gotten so many 12s yet, but there was like a more of a connection between you and your deck, right? Because mm -hmm. your deck didn't generate all of this stuff yet. You yes, were playing your deck was the same cards. game after game. It was this thing. Yeah, it was this concrete thing and you played your deck, the opponent played their deck. Mm -hmm. uh, generation was just not a thing. There was card draw, right? Cult Master yeah. into like card draw. Ooh, but you know, like Cult Master. Some right. cards. So you did feel more of a connection to your deck, which meant you feeling like the draft mattered more. And, and you know, the draft still matters and everything, but now it's it's kind of like, and look, this will be the closing chapter because they're retiring Ash and Pikachu and, and Pokemon Aww. is moving on, right? Like Ash is gone after being, you know, 12 years old for like the past 25 years. But it's, 
it's like, and, and here's the thing, right? Ash is kind of an idiot because he lets go of his Pokemon, but he kept Pikachu during the entire time. He kept Pikachu, and it's because, like, he wants to win, and he wants to feel good that he won his dumb, idiotic mm-hmm. way, right? With Pikachu. Yes. And when he wins, he always embraces Pikachu, and he's like, we did it, buddy. Like, that that was us. And that That's counts for something. That's what I did with my dumb warrior deck in Constructed. Right. I made you with my stupid fairy dragons and my stupid jungle panthers that no one was using because they objectively sucked. And I found a way to make the best of this and make it actually really excel in that meta. And that's what I want to do in Arena. That's the feeling where you take this deck. It's not your selection, right? It's not a sealed game even. It's it's an Arena game. Your selection is really kind of limited. But still... Whatever is given to you or you and or you select that little mix creates your deck. There right. is way less of a feeling of your deck in these not even like current modern metas, even the like the pre modern the, the the last modern meta before the latest uh, power creep from uh, from the colossal patch uh, from like a year and a half ago. Even before that, the three years before that was already gone. Like it was once Discover was really integrated into the system. And they moved into these wild, possible wild rotations. It just, it changed the whole dynamic. Yep. So, this is where we're at. Like, right now, when you draft something, yeah, it's your deck, but where's a lot of the power coming from? A lot of the power is just coming from what your deck can produce, not what your deck is. It's what your deck is, but what your deck will produce. And what it's producing is another round of randomness, right? Because if my deck, if, if I have something that, like, you know, always gave me Arcane Bolts, for example, that's just part of my deck. But if I have something that gives me Discover a Spell, that Discovered Spell is part of any deck. Yeah. It's part of every deck. It's not mine anymore. Okay. And, like, I don't know. Do you When you win with a Scorpid deck, do you really feel like you have a good connection with your Scorpids? No. They're like, they're like higher guns. Like, even though they sit in your deck, you know they're higher guns because the Scorpid's only doing what an Emperor uh, Cobra does from back in the day. What its real power is is that right spell that it generates. And that, it's not really the Scorpid. Just like when it gets used on you, that spell. You don't feel like, oh, no, the Scorpid screwed me, or at least most people don't. Um, when, you, when you win with it, also, you're like, eh, the Scorpid? Like, yeah, the Scorpid technically did it, but it's not, it's not the deck. All right. So, look, that's what we're hoping to see from... This year, it's not an easy ask, and it's not a specific oh, no. ask. No, 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 no. It's it's not. This is not like a hey devs do this, right? We have enough of that. But this is a think about this. Yeah, think about this. But uh, this is also why um, people are calling for a Hearthstone two, right? And yeah. not just and not just from us, from like constructive people as well, because people inherently understand. This is also why BGs, when it first came out, captured everybody's attention, right? And holy shit, do you guys remember the first time you learned how to properly play Daryl? You're like, whoa, <laughs> right? Like, whoa, this is crazy. Uh, or learn the Yog curve the first time? You're like, of course, that, that makes cool. so much sense. Daryl was way too janky. Like, Daryl was just like hacking the game. It did not feel that fun to me. But the Yog curve was cool. The Yaw Curve was cool, and you immediately, like, understand. Like, you learning that also made you understand the game more. You yes. understanding the yes. game more made you understand the hero powers more. And it was like, whoa, this is crazy. So it's not an easy ask, but I think in some way, shape, or form, we have to tilt it back to that sort of learning and not parrot 
meta, scorpid meta learning. Mm-hmm. Okay? And clearly that's not what's happening right now, which is why Marx's no. proposal is some kind of arena 2.0, you know, uh, or whatever. Because the you have to rely on constructed cards, right? That's the whole point. They're not going to make new cards for Arena. Or if they do, like, that's just a lot of resources. They have resources to put into it. Like, if you're going to spend that resources in Arena, you have better places to put it within Arena than making new cards. I strongly believe that. I know people love the Arena-only cards. I've always hated them. Because they were always bullshit, and they used up way too many resources that I really wanted to be spent on the core of Arena. So, uh, the core of Arena is... I'm not, I'm not going to say it's dead... But it's, it cannot be the same again, and it cannot be better. Because it has lost a, way too much of what made it Arena in the first place. And that is somewhat the fault of Arena decisions, but it's really mostly the fault of Constructed decisions. And if you can't divorce Arena from Constructed because of financial reasons, and I don't think they can, um, then you just got to change the rules of Arena. To capture that feeling again and to reward that kind of discovery that Merce is talking about and that kind of like deck identity that, that I'm talking about. Like we gotta we gotta get back to what makes this limited format with a deck, right? Because what, what arena is now? Is it still a limited format? Yes, it's a very limited format. In the way that Battlegrounds is a limited format. Like if anything, arena is becoming a little bit more like Battlegrounds, where you select your class and that's what happens. Not you select your class, you draft a deck, and your deck is what happens, right? Instead, you're just always going to battle with a mage deck in this meta of, you know, rank power 3 to 8 or whatever, depending on how good of a deck you get. And it shouldn't be like that. Like, that's, that's a big loss to what makes Arena feel good and feel special and why a lot of people were attracted to Arena in the first place. Okay. I think that's it. All right. Well, that's it for us today. We're going to make this a quick podcast uh, because the next one is going to be long. So uh, come back on Sunday to watch it live or wait for it on YouTube. It'll be live on YouTube Monday uh, or Tuesday morning latest um, with all the numbers. Well, not numbers anymore. Uh, I mean, there are numbers. We just don't tell them to you because they're not. They're kind of fuzzy. <laughs> all the all the tier list ratings and uh, uh, analysis from me and uh, analysis of the most important neutral cards and meta or whatever the first part uh, is from Merps as well. Bye. Until then, this is Advicta. Bye. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.